Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's Wednesday, March 10th, 2021, show number 330. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesco. Hey, Chet, the Flyers need to step up their game so they're not the odd man out, odd team out in this playoff time. Sixers can hopefully hopefully avoid some COVID issues, but that's not looking so good coming out of the All-Star break. The Eagles have apparently made a quarterback decision that I'm not real thrilled with. <laughs> and Philly's baseball is heating up. As always, there's plenty going on in Philly sports. Yeah, Bill, not a big deal, in my opinion, that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons had to miss the All-Star game, but it does suck that they will have to miss a game or two that actually count in the standings. The Flyers have some real issues. We'll talk about that later. I believe we are talking Phillies every week now, and that's great because, you know, we both love baseball. And by the way, our viewers and listeners will want to stick with us for the whole show tonight because later in the show, Bill's going to give his complete review of the Oprah two-hour interview with <laughs> Meghan and Prince Harry that aired on Sunday. Can't wait for who, that, Bill. Who? Who? What? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ted, let's talk Phillies. The lineup seems to be clearing itself up a little bit, except for center field, and that that pitching staff is going to be a little bit interesting. Uh but we, we're going to cover it tonight. We got a great guest and the voice of the radio voice of the Philly, Scott France. He's going to join us. Yeah, Scott back with us for a third straight year. So let's get it going, Bill. All right. With that, let's welcome Scott back to the show. Scott, glad to have you with us. And uh, let's get talking about some fills. Scott, we can There's see Scott. you now. Can you hear me? We I hear you, you and I see you. All right. All right. Yeah, all right. Are, well, you Scott, still up, are you still up north or where are you, Scott? Yeah, I'm still uh, I'm still here in Philly, and uh, you know, not we're not going to spring training. We're doing our games remotely, so uh, no Florida sunshine for me. I'm glad the weather's turned. Um, I've had enough winter. Well, I yeah. can tell you, uh, Scott, it was 78, 78 down here today. Uh, just in case <laughs> oh, you needed sure. to know that, uh, 80, 86 by the weekend. I don't hey. want to hear it. <laughs> we got we got 60 the last two days. I will take that. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Scott, 
last year it was mid-February when we talked to you. Uh, of course, at that time, we had no idea what the next month would bring. So how weird was it for you and the other broadcasters to get the news just about this time last March that the season was going to be put on hold, and then you just had to play the waiting game until July? Yeah, it was obviously strange. You know, uh, what's funny is I, I go back and forth quite a bit from spring training. Um, and when everything officially shut down, I was actually in Philly. But I had, uh, you know, I rent a place every spring for the month. So I had all my stuff down there. And um, when I guess it was on a Thursday, I think everything shut down. And and, yep. uh, and I, I was scheduled to go back to Florida. I had a flight schedule for Friday night because we were doing Saturday's game. And I remember sitting in the kitchen and talking to the kids. And we were like, you know what? School's not happening. Um, we got this place in Florida. Why don't we just get in the car and drive down? I got to go get my stuff anyway. <laughs> so uh, we drove down and we actually spent the rest of March um, down there, uh, which was nice. Uh, but yeah, a whole different world. Um, seems like a long, it kind of seems like a long time ago now. It sure does. We we were, I was actually on that Thursday flight down from Philly last year that right? when they shut it down. Yeah, wow. yeah. Uh, so Scott, uh, interesting that you said about not doing the games, because I, I actually live here in Lakeland, uh, now and the tigers, I guess are doing their games. I yeah. saw where they, uh, they've got their guys here and, uh, they're going to rotate them through a little bit, I think as they go, but, uh, they are doing their games from here. Yeah. And I, you know, I think, um, you know, different clubs chose to do different things, uh, for us, um, TV wasn't going down. Um, the cameras were there, obviously. Um, so they were going to televise all the home games. But be able to do that, um, you know, broadcasting from the studio. Um, really, it only has eliminated, you know, some, you know, maybe midweek road games for us. Um, we're still doing most of the weekend broadcasts uh, as we normally do on the radio. Um, we have to do them remotely, which, you know, we did Sunday's game against the Yankees and um, we had one picture that was it um, mm. which uh, you know so there were a couple of instances where one thing that's really hard is uh, especially for a radio broadcasters trying to follow everybody on the field oh yeah uh, you know when you have one camera angle to look at so um, but at the same time I don't think I don't know that there's that many people sitting around critiquing going, Oh my gosh, he didn't tell me where that runner was around third base or, or whatever. So uh, I think people are just excited to have live sports and, and live events and um, you know, something to distract them from their day. So. Well, Scott, this year's fills the regular eight won't look a whole lot different from last year. The big question, I guess, is center field. It's gotten a little complicated now with a Hazley injury. What do you think the Phil's brass ideally wants to see happen with Odubel Herrera? Do they want him to flop so they can cut him or do they want him to play, you know, great and make the team or do they want him to play great and then trade him? What do you think? Uh, you know, I don't know about the trade situation, but I, I mean, I, I think they're rooting for him to do well. I don't think, um, you know, Joe Girardi said it earlier in camp. Um, he's there because he's got a chance to make the team. He's not there for any other reason than that. Um, He's not there as like a, I mean, obviously you're, the, the only reason to have him there is if you think he can help you. Um, 
I know they owe him some money. And yes, um, you know, maybe there's a spot for him somewhere else. But mm-hmm. I, I think as much as anything, um, having the extra competition is a big thing. I mean, if if Odubel can show that he's still a possible, you know, uh, you know, big leaguer in center field, I mean, what does that say to Adam Hazley? What does that say to Scott Kingery um, and those guys? You know, Mickey Moniak. Hey, I, you know, I'm going to have to play better to win a job. Um, and and that's really what it's all about, is that the more you have in the mix um, with talent, um, you know, the better the competition is and the more you can, you know, improve your ball club. So I, I don't think he'd be there if they didn't think or if they didn't, you know, best case think, hey, uh, maybe he can win a spot on the team. Well, what do you what do you think about the uh, the the backup guys that they do have you know everybody's left-handed it seems like with uh yeah brad miller who can play just about anywhere he's a lefty odubel's a lefty moniac's a lefty hazley's a lefty roman quinn's a switch hitter maybe that gives him a little advantage but uh which which one of the or which couple of these bunch are going to make this team well i mean you know the thing about those backups is is um a lot of the a lot of the everyday guys um, you know, with the exception of Harper and, and Didi, you know, you're, it's pretty right-handed heavy. So it gives you some options off the bench with Miller, uh, with Joyce, if he makes the club, uh, you know, to, to have those left-handed bats. And, you know, don't forget, you're looking at a situation this year where, you know, there's no DH. Um, it means, uh, you know, pitchers are hitting. It's back to National League style of play, which means a lot more opportunities for, you know, a Matt Joyce to come off the bench, you know, whatever you're behind, it's the fourth inning, but you've got a couple eyes on and you want to see if he can hit one out of the yard or, or same thing with Brad Miller. Um, so I think there's, you know, it, it gives, you know, if Joyce does make the club, which, um, you know, that was one of the questions I had. I mean, are there at bats for Matt Joyce and Brad Miller? Um, you know, part of that is dependent on somebody like Odubel. You know, mm. does Oduble make the club? You know, he's left-handed. Uh, Adam Hazley's injury changes the sort of the changes the the flow chart, if you will, because he's left-handed and he's he's injured. Um, so I, I, you know, I think as you get, you know, again, we talk a lot in spring training about roster construction and what happens on April second. You reconstruct the roster because <laughs> something changes. Um, but, you know, the, the guys that they have decisions to make for, um, like a Joyce, um, where they have to offer him an out, you know, and, and he could he could go somewhere else. Um, you know, those those decisions are coming up. And, and um, you know, I think they, you know, at, at this time of year, I think you always try to err on the side of collecting as many assets as possible. So I think that's probably the way they try to build this roster. Well, Scott, pitching, of course, is crucial to the team's success. I know the focus will be on the latter part of the rotation. They have Nola and Wheeler at the top, uh, and the much maligned bullpen will be in focus also. But frankly, neither Nola nor Wheeler really came up big over the last couple of weeks of last season. Uh, They both uh, couldn't get it done over their last four starts each. They have to be better, in my opinion. Well, I mean, if you're going to win a division, if you're going to go to the playoffs, they have to be true number ones and twos. I mean, yeah. you look around uh, this division, uh, there are ones and twos, um, without a doubt. I mean, you look in Washington, there's no question about it with Scherzer and Strasburg. 
um, they've got more to follow that <laughs> uh, as well. But, um, you know, uh, the guys at the front, you know, DeGrom and, and um, you know, the Mets have a deep rotation. Uh, the Braves, um, they're youngish um, with their rotation, but they're talented. Uh, same thing with Miami. I mean, Sixto looks pretty impressive. Who knows what he'll be like in his second year, but he looks impressive. Um, you know, one thing I'll say about Zach uh, Wheeler is that he was about as consistent as anybody, you know, and again, he had that problem with the fingernail and that was, yeah. a, that was a real bummer. And I think it probably did affect him a little bit. You know, you throw him out of your rhythm a little bit, but I mean, we've seen it from Nola a couple of times now where, you know, um, I know uh, his, you know, his really good season, his, you know, if you look back on 20, what was that? 18, I guess. Um you know, uh, September was his worst month. Um, uh, but there's no question those guys have to be true type, you know, number one type guys uh, if if this team is going to do anything and make any real noise in the playoff race. Yeah, and, you know, I'd like to think going, going into the season, they're going to be that. What worries me is when you get to the next three. Uh, yeah. You know, is it going to be Eflin, Moore, Velasquez, Anderson going to get in there? How, how do you see that playing out on the bottom end of the rotation? Yeah, I mean, again, I think this is a, a, a little bit of a collecting assets kind of situation where you're going to try to make the roster work the best way possible, where you keep as many guys and as many options available to you. Um, I, you know, I, I just don't know. I mean, Vince Velasquez... We've seen a lot of Vince Velasquez over the years. Uh, Spencer, oh, yeah. um, Spencer Howard is intriguing. He's interesting. But, um, you know, I know they've talked about the fact that he wasn't um, feeling 100% last year. Uh, I remember thinking that he was good, but not, um, not overwhelming when he got to the big leagues. Uh, what we saw of him, um, you could see there's flashes there. There's there's definitely something to work with. Uh, there's a lot to work with. Um, but he just wasn't at his best. And again, um, it, Spencer Howard, the, you know, ceiling is very high for a guy like that, but will it be this quick? You know, I mean, if you're a team that wants to be in a playoff chase, you need results now. And that may not, Spencer Howard may not be ready for that. He might be, uh, time will tell. Um, I like Eflin. Um, I, I'd like to see, you know, again, Eflin's been a, a tricky one. You know, there's been some hits and misses with, in terms of his relationships with the coaches, you know, the pitching coach and philosophies and styles. So I'd, I'd like to see if he can, you know, maybe have a year, I don't want to say left to himself, but, you know, just kind of try to go be Zach Eflin and see what that looks like. Um, you know, Chase Anderson, uh, more, you know, again, I don't know. I mean, these guys have, <laughs> have some track record, but um, I think Dave Dombrowski is one of those guys who, who will tell you that, look, um, if I can get three starters that are legit, um, so that's putting something on Eflin there too. Um, if I can get three starters that are legit, if I get four and five, to get me through five, I think that's today's game. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, like it or not, I think that's today's game. 
Well, then you get to the bullpen, and well, uh, we, we know what happened there last year. It's got to be better this year. It has to be. Uh, I, I like Connor Brogdon, what I've seen of him. Neris, of course, is back. Otherwise, it's a lot of new faces. Archie Bradley with the beard has you know said all the right things, so hopefully can perform on the field as well. What do you expect from the bullpen this year? Well, like you said, it can't be worse. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if it is. Because I mean, you know, we only we only watched it for sixty games last I know. year. Oh, it this felt longer. Like, yeah, a hundred more. Um, so yeah, I mean, it can't be worse. I uh, I think they've they've obviously added velocity. They've added some guys with you know some giddy up. Um, does that mean everything? No. It's it's about finding guys who can pitch, and they also found a few of those. You know, I don't think Bradley is a is a big velocity type. Watson is not a velocity type for sure. But these are guys that know how to pitch. Kinsler, Brandon Kinsler, another yeah. guy who knows how to pitch, who's done it before. Um, he's going to have his moments um, that are good, and he's going to have his moments that are not good because he's not, you know, he's not that lights out uh, necessarily guy. But I, I, I like. Um, I, I think they're going to take a long look at younger arms um, if they can. But again, collect assets. Um, if you're a fringe guy and you've got options um, and you can go to Lehigh and you can do the alternate site um, and that means they can keep a spot for a Kinsler or uh, somebody else who's a non-roster, then, then I think that the, that's what we'll see, um, at least from the outset. And again, I could be wrong. Um, stuff plays. Joe Girardi wants to win. He needs guys that can get outs. Um, but it doesn't necessarily have to come uh, from a guy who's throwing 98. Um, yeah. I like Brogdon a lot. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, he was a completely different pitcher after he went down and came back last year. Um, added that little cutter and had worked on that a little bit, and um, it gave him an extra weapon. Um, and, I mean – that guy he gave him a real good weapon against lefties, you know, to get in on them. Um, I, I, I like him. I think he's got a lot of potential. Me too. Me too. Hey, hey Scott, I, I said this for three years in a row, or I'm going to say it for my third year in a row. Uh, I think the, the success of this team, obviously you got to have the pitching is on Reese Hoskins. If Reese Hoskins is a 280 guy with 30 home runs, this team can win some games. If he's a 220 guy with 20 home runs, this is maybe not a very good team. Interesting. I, I mean, I've never heard it uh, put like that. Um, but I mean, I guess I could. Uh, I mean, I understand your point. No question. Uh, I guess we could lay that at the feet of uh, just about anybody. Um, because I, I happen to think that there's a, you know, um, there's a lot of guys on this roster that need to, to put up big numbers. I mean, Harper obviously has to put up big numbers. Um, JT has to put up some big numbers. Um, you know, obviously now he's in another stratosphere in terms of what they're paying him and, and everything else. Um, you know, Reese to me, uh, you know, again, if he's hitting 30, then you're probably getting some run production. Um, I, I got to have somebody getting on base and making something happen. Um, I, I think back to when Kutch started two years ago uh, so well and the first two months of the season, what that meant for the lineup. It was pretty huge. Um, 
And I think they need some of that back. Uh, they need some swagger at the top. Um, they need some guys on base for Harper and for Reese and for JT. Uh, so, I, you know, again, I, this is this is not a team that is obviously predicted to win the division. And when you look at it on paper, um, there's a lot of people that have things to prove this year. Um, and if they're going to make noise, if they're going to have a chance to win the division, there's a lot of guys like Reese, like Gene Segura, like Scott Kingery, um, that have to do something. They have to produce something. Um, and, and, and I don't mean just something. I, I kind of think, like you said, Bill, I mean, they, they've got to produce significantly. Um, you know, it's a big year for Reese. I mean, you talk about, do you want to, you know, for the relationship, what I mean between Reese and the Phillies, do you want to sort of uh, bring him into the fold long term? Are you, are you ready for that? Do you feel like he's a guy who can be that guy? So um, that, that's that's it's pretty big, pretty big year for him. It's going to be an interesting year for sure. Hey, Scott, we've used up all our time with you, unfortunately, but I have one more question I'm going to squeeze in. Totally right. unrelated to baseball. I'm on Instagram, and sometimes I spend too much time on there, and I discovered something on there about you. Is it true that you talk to chickens? Uh, it, <laughs> yes, we have chickens. Uh, and I have been known to try to speak to them. That is true. The chicken I, I, whisperer. My, my in-laws, yeah, I don't do a real good job. My in-laws actually <laughs> gave me a book for Christmas called How to Speak Chicken. Uh, <laughs> no. uh, must it's a uh, required reading for anybody with backyard chickens. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, all right, Scott. Hey, we appreciate you taking the time to join us. Uh, I will enjoy the sunshine down here for you. I appreciate um, that. Somebody yeah, looking out, looking out for you. Do it, Bill. <laughs> all right. Okay, Scott. Thanks, and uh, good luck during the season. All right. Take care, guys. Good to talk. Thanks, Scott. All right. Hey, Chet, if you're looking for insurance in the tri-state area, we got the spot for you. Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. Yes, we do, Bill. One of the best benefits of having an Allstate Insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave Lavoie, who is dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's needs. Someone you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicated to protecting what is most important to you and your family. So give Dave a call today. He is an Allstate in Westchester, Pennsylvania, 610-430-0700. Again, that number is 610-430-0700. Hey, everybody. It's Willie Nile here, and you're listening to Chet and Bill on Philly Press Box Radio. You lucky people. Yes, sir, Willie Nile. Hey, Chet, you mentioned Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. They sit out the All-Star game with COVID contact. That looks like they're going to lose a couple games uh, or one or two games. Um, you know, this is a tough situation. Like, you, you tell your players you can't get a haircut. Uh, you know, geez, I hope this isn't a problem through the second half of the season. Uh, well, it was just a case of bad luck. I mean, supposedly the barber had been following all the COVID rules and everything, uh, but he still ended up testing positive. And then, of course, because of the whole tracing thing, uh, you know, he had to tell the Sixers, and that meant Embiid and Simmons not only missed the All-Star game, but now they're kind of on a day-to-day -day thing. 
And I don't know how they got on different schedules, but we know that both Embiid and Simmons are going to miss Thursday night's game. And Simmons is probably going to miss a second game. And then assuming uh, they both test negative, they can return to play this weekend, hopefully Friday night for Embiid. But yeah, all these games count. And while they should be able to beat Washington Thursday night without them, I think that's who the plays of Washington or Chicago. I don't know. Um, you got to get a win there because all these games matter. They're clinging to first place right now in the Eastern Conference. And I'd like to see them stay there to improve their uh, chances in the playoffs. Well, you know, they don't play well without Embiid. Now they now they don't have Simmons either. Uh, you know, just assuming they can win that game might not be a good assumption. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They do have a four-game homestand starting tomorrow night. Four-game homestand right after this All-Star break that just ended. But that is followed by a six-game road trip. We talked about this previously. Six games away from home and five of them out on the West Coast. So some of those are going to be really tough. You know that. Yep, and fans in the uh, Wells Fargo tomorrow night, right? Yes, uh, first time for the Sixers. The Flyers have had them there for the last couple of games. I don't know how much it helped because the Flyers have struggled in both of them. Did get that second uh, the win Tuesday night anyway. But, yeah, it's going to be nice to have fans back in there to see the Sixers. Did I get it right, Chet? Jump, jump it over here. Was it 17 minutes it took to break out the refuse suck chant at the Flyers? <laughs> I believe it I was 70, it. 17 minutes. And it was but you loud. Know what? It was it's loud. great to hear. It's yes, great to hear that was. kind of stuff. Yes, hey, Chet, uh, let's ring that bell. Yeah, we'll squeeze it in before our next guest uh, joins us, Bill. So I tell you, here's the deal, Bill. I'm going to get this all set up and ready to roll so we can get to it. And uh, you know I love music, so we're going to talk about music yet again because that's what we do here. And the deal is this, Bill. Monday was International Women's Day, and because I am a big music nut, it got me thinking about some of my favorite women in rock. And there are actually quite a few, so I broke it into two groups, early 90s to today, and the good old days, pre-1990. And here we go. After much deliberation, these are the 10 female artists of the past 20 to 30 years whose work I admire the most. On the bluesy side are these two ladies, Beth Hart and the better half of the Tedeschi Trucks band, Susan Tedeschi. There are a couple of more mainstream pop rockers who both happen to use pseudonyms, and both are incredibly talented. Lady Gaga and a young woman born, Alicia Beth Moore from Doylestown and Central Bucks West, Pink. Also on my list, the awesome Sheryl Crow and Evanescence lead singer, Amy Lee. There are a couple of real rockers, Taylor Momsen, who fronts the Pretty Reckless, and, yeah, Lizzie Hale of Hailstorm. And finally, a couple of newer acts, Dorothy, who fronts a rock band of the same name, and Rebecca and Megan from the band Larkin Poe. They are amazing. Now, picking my top 10 favorite classic rock ladies was real tough. Near misses included Janis Joplin, Aretha, Carole King, Joni Mitchell, Tina Turner, and even Linda Ronstadt. Sorry, none of you made the cut. The absolute favorites in reverse order, 10 through 1. Well, number 10, the most successful all-female band ever, and they've still got the beat, the Go-Go's. Number 9, she reminded us that time after time, girls just want to have fun. Cindy Lauper. Number 8. You knew one way or another she'd be on the list with her heart of glass, Deborah Harry of Blondie. Number seven, she gave us something to talk about for sure, Bonnie Raitt. Number six, the old heartbreaker herself, Miss Pat Benatar. All right, your top five. She sent us a message of love right from the middle of the road, the pretender's Chrissy Hind. Number four, 
Well, she never had the hits the others on this list did, other than Because the Night. But I was a huge fan from the beginning, Patti Smith. Number three, yeah, she loves rock and roll. Born in Wynwood, outside Philly, by the way, Joan Jett. Number two, Stand Back. She caught me in a landslide on my edge of 17, the awesome Stevie Nicks. And straight on at number one, those wonderful Crazy on You sisters from suburban Seattle, Hearts, Anne and Nancy Wilson. Many, many wonderful rock and roll ladies. Well, I'll tell you what, Chad, that's a good list. But I've, I've got to tell you what, uh, our next guest, Bob Kelly, yeah. is been sitting here in the background and you're going to have to explain to him that he's on the right show because he came on here and all of a sudden you're talking women in rock and we're wanting to talk Broad Street Bullies. <laughs> Let's get him on. There he is. <laughs> hey, Hound, we're sorry about that. We don't know. Uh, we Let's don't unmute know. him. We got to unmute you. Unmute uh, you there, Bob. Uh, Can you I unmute yourself, do. Bob? Try on your end. There should be a unmute button on your uh, laptop there, Bob. How's that? There, there we go. go. There Robert go. Kelly. Wow, he's formal tonight. Robert he, Kelly. He might There's... he might have tried to mute that music you were putting on there. He said, this is a hockey. We're talking hockey, and you're talking women and music. Listen, I'm not old and dead. I loved all those, especially Joan Jett there. We go to see the there who every go. weekend. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Good well, stuff. Bob, welcome back, my friend. Um Man, I don't know where to start, but let's start with the the elephant in the room, the goalie situation. Not good right now, Hound. Uh, the guy we thought was the long-term answer in goal, Carter Hart, has clearly been struggling of late. He gave up three goals on eight shots in one period alone in the Buffalo game, got pulled, was clearly distraught in the post-game Q&A with reporters. How concerned should we be about Hart, and what happens now in the Nets going forward? Well, if Bernie stops giving him advice, he might have a chance. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? He, he He's a great kid. Uh, you know, he's got a good resolve out there. And it, it's time like anything else. We put a lot of pressure on him. You anointed him number one. Uh, he seemed to do better at home as opposed to being on the road. And now he's having a few battles back here at home. But, uh, you know, he'll get straightened around. The fans are behind him. There's nobody throwing him under the bus or blaming him. And, you know, a lot of those situations, bad penalties we took in early parts of the year there, the defense had some breakdowns and stuff like that, you know, hung them out to dry. So um, this is really, uh, I, I think this this year, it's way worse than them being in the bubble. Um, the way that, you know, the amount of games here, there's no rest time, there's no practice time. Uh, you got guys that are hurt, guys are dropping left and right throughout the league. And it's just, a, you know, you break your bodies down so quickly and there's no time to you know, build them back up. Hey, Ad, it looks like, and it's probably just a visual thing, I guess, but it seems like they play, the, the, the Flyers defensively play much tighter with Brian Elliott in the goal than they do with Carter Hart. Do they take more chances? And maybe not the names aren't important. Do you take more chances with one goaltender versus another at times? I think that there's a breakdown throughout, uh, you know, the very competent uh, coaching staff we have in place there. And, you know, they, they don't miss too many things. And, you know, you got a guy like Elliott in there. You might press a little bit more to take take some chances down ice, stay, hang in the zones a little bit longer than you should. And, uh, you know, you may take it for granted that, hey, somebody gets in on him, he's going to stop the puck. Well, Hart, you're not really quite sure right now because you said he's going through a difficult time back and forth here. So I think they'll get it straightened out with him. I know that uh, the, the goalie coach there, uh, you know, he's working hard with him and stuff like that. I mean, you know, everybody's there for the team. It's not about one. 
you know, goal scored or whatever. It's it's about the whole team. Well, what do you think is going to happen in goal now? Is Elliot going to get more time? Are they going to split it pretty evenly? They they play almost every other day now. So, I mean, both goalies are clearly going to get a lot of work. But what does Elaine Vigneault do in this situation here? Well, I don't think that you want to play, play Elliot uh, in a ton of games because, you know, he's 35 years old and he, yeah. he's a good. We don't want him getting hurt because then we got problems because uh, – I think Alex Lyons just came back to the team. He went off like 363 days or something like that mm. uh, with injury and stuff like that. So I don't know what how strong we are down the Phantoms. They just started playing him, what, a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, Hart's a man. He's got to, you know, he's got to match up to it and own up to it and just get out there. And he's putting the time and work and effort into it. Just got to get the results. Yeah. Isn't it fun to watch a guy develop like we, we've seen Sean Couturier really develop over the last handful of years into an offensive player? We knew he could already play on the defensive end. Now we're seeing Joel Farabee start to develop into a pretty nice-looking offensive player. Fun to watch those guys. Yeah, you know, Joel's done a good job. Uh, he's put some weight on. He's put muscle on. Uh, you know, he goes to the greasy area. I think he's been watching uh, Lawton out there quite a bit because Lots goes into where – Areas that some people don't want to go to, but you know he's not afraid of the size of the guy he goes up against. Uh, he'll dig in the corners first. He goes in there. He, he makes the plays that before maybe he couldn't have made him. He didn't have the muscle or the weight or the experience in there, and he's really matured fast. I think he's been a welcome addition for sure. I think Gostaspare Gostaspare is a real key also, and it's good to see him getting going. He got the tying goal last night in the game against Buffalo that we eventually won in a shootout. Um, is it important to get him going and in? conjunction with that get the power play going a little better well you know just like when guys criticize your show you're too loud you got the wrong stuff on there is this a sports show or rock show or whatever (laughs) you know the ghost come in with your reputation and stuff like that and then he he suffered through some injuries there long bounce back and then you know you hear your name in the paper all the time rumored i mean nobody wants to wants to be criticized and and you know you got to make the best of your your chances your, your abilities and i said he was close to being traded there and now he's a major asset back there. You know, he brings the puck up quick. He makes some good moves. He makes heady plays. He's getting back in the play, picking up his men. He's, you know, he's not so loose back there in defense anymore. So he's definitely got the tools. It's just a matter of sometimes you go flat and it takes a while to build him back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think of the play of uh, the veterans? Claude Giroux seems to be playing real well. Jake Borchek's playing well. Does, uh, does AV have these guys jacked up and uh, you got them playing at a high level again? You know what? I think it, it, AV can, you know, they can always get you started, but it comes from within the locker room. Hayes has got to be the key guy that's in there. You know, Claude realizes he's 33, he's getting up there in years. Uh, you know, he, he'll go out and do the stuff, but he's not really a rah-rah guy. He's kind of a lead-by-example type person. He gets out there, plays with a lot of sand, I think. Uh, Voracek gets up a lot of speed, and then he goes down and gets more speed up. He goes down, but, uh, you know, Jake's a gamer. Jake's in there. He'll play hard and play tough. Um, you know, I think I don't think we're that far away. Um, you know, you look like I said, you look when you're only looking at your division you're playing in, you don't you don't really have a chance to look at all the other teams, you know, who's doing well. You look at their stats, you know, Austin Matthews up there, uh, and different players in there. You got eleven Americans out of fifteen, you know, leading in goals, I think it is. Um, so you guys should be proud of that. But I think everybody has a role in there. They gotta identify their role to themselves. The coaches do a good job of pointing that out, and you gotta arrive to play the game. Well, speaking of uh, the other teams in the division, this is, of course, something unprecedented. All 56 games are against teams in your own division, the way they have it set up this year. So you're playing seven other teams eight times a year, a lot of back-to-back situations. 
How would you have liked to uh, have, have had this situation back in your time when there was a lot more physical play and fights and you're seeing the same guys, you know, a couple nights in a row, maybe? <laughs> you really get tired of them in a hurry. That's for sure. <laughs> you going in the corner first? Am I going in the corner first? You, know, you get out there, but you know, you, you're really bit, again, like you said, you only seen your division. You, you get tired yeah. of seeing, you know, the Jersey devils will probably get hot now and come on here in the stretch drive. Buffalo's going through a lot of crap there. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes and everything. Um, and, and you do, you see Washington, you see Pittsburgh. I mean, you know, they're nasty to each other. Um, it's good for you as a fan and, you know, it's, it's good for the game, but it, you know, obviously we get more people in the building would help too, but we're getting there. Right. But, uh, you know, it is, it's, it's a very tough grind. Like you said, you have no idea what, how these other teams play until you get, you get rolling along here. How did, what did you think of the, uh, it was a spectacle to me, the, the, the Lake Tahoe game, uh, for TV, uh, <laughs> I mean, from a fan standpoint, from a TV standpoint, it, and I think it was a huge draw for the NHL. Uh, nice, nice event for hockey. Shame there was no fans, but yeah, um, you know, the NHL is always trying to do stuff to better the game, to spread the game out. Uh, you know, these Winter Classics have been—they've uh, been met with tremendous enthusiasm. They're big revenues. They're—they're they're everything. This year, the venue looked beautiful. The weather was a factor in here um, yep. and no fans being there kind of takes a jump out of plus wherever the guys stayed, how far away were they, where, what, where they have, how they have to get dressed and stuff like that. So I think the setting was awesome. Um, I know I've been reading on there. Uh, they want to go to Lake Louise up in Banff, Lake Louise there, <laughs> put one on up in there. It's really nice setting, a little bit colder. Um, you know, who, who thought the sun would be that strong and would be melting all your lines up because the plastic, mm. you know, I guess, draws in the heat so i'm sure it was a, a nightmare for those guys down there trying to take you know take care of the ice we saw a lot of guys falling down and then your game didn't play till midnight so there was a lot of different elements in there and then you know to go there for four days for the flyers and you can't practice there so there was there's was a lot of different challenges and elements in there that went into it but hey it was it was a great try i don't think i, I don't see us going back there very soon <laughs> Well, you mentioned fans getting back in the building. Uh, Flyers have had two games now with a few thousand fans in the Wells Fargo Center. You were working previously as a as an ambassador for the team. Are they going to let you back in there soon, Bob? Well, it might be a bad omen. I, I went in today to do some some work on the Flyers fantasy camp we got coming up. And uh, I go in the office and they're all they're all ghost stations there, but there's no phones there in the whole the whole level. So I go up to the next level. There's some phones in there, but it wasn't working. So I go on up to the next level, and I walk in. I say, hey, guys, there's no phones working in this building. Here we are at Comcast, and the phones aren't working in here. So um, I, I'm not really in there right now. We're, we're doing stuff outside. We're promoting the Flyers' name outside. we got a lot going on with the Warriors, Philadelphia Warriors, uh, getting, you know, taking games and teams and running practices. You know, we've got ball hockey going through uh, – guidance through the national hockey league we spread out so we're trying to get the kids to start playing hockey at a younger age but they're just running so they can play it's not like they have to skate and then turn them over and turn them over um and obviously you know you can turn them into fans they get they get hooked there mom and dad take them to games so we're up to like 3100 people in there uh mm -hmm. at the game and everything uh gritty still gets the loudest uh, loudest applause in there but uh you know it, it it's you know we'll get there yep have you had a chance? I guess I guess you haven't with uh, with this whole COVID thing to do your golf tournaments and all the things that you guys do as an alumni group. Are you, are you going to be able to get that back up and running again pretty soon? 
Yeah, if you go on uh, uh, flyersalumni.net, um, you'll see everything that's going on in there. The uh, the fantasy camp is going to go off in August. We pulled it off last year. We moved the venue. We got down to about 42 guys. We still pulled it off. Nobody got COVID. We had to adhere to the Philadelphia standards, the Pennsylvania standards, uh, uh, you know, the schools there, uh, Drexel, Penn. You know, they had to sign off on what we were doing. Uh, everybody was safe. The hardest thing was the hardest thing was that there was, nobody wanted to serve food to us. So we had to find areas that we could do that. And ironically, uh, Friday night, everybody comes to town. We were able to go up on top of the building. And that was the night that the Flyers started off their game in the bubble. And it was a 60-foot TV up there. We had all kinds of food, 60-foot TV. It was beautiful, sun shining. So everybody had a blast. And we were able to work around all the obstacles that we had in there. And uh, we pulled it off. The golf outing will be back on again in June. Uh, we got some uh, some warrior uh, uh, announcements coming up here. That they're going to be active in the Philadelphia area here. So uh, we have lots going on. Well, Bob, one final thing from me as I show a picture of you to our viewers from back in your glory years. I got to <laughs> tell you, you had a great mustache and some killer sideburns back in the day, Bob. <laughs> Well, I don't know. If, well, whatever. That's just the way it turned out. I don't have any idea. Trying to, we're all trying to keep up to Clarky with the long flowing hair. And then, then, you know, the guys with the different mustaches, you know, kind of like Lot right now, they want lots of, you know, shave yeah. off his mustache. I think he should leave it there. You know, it's, it's a, it's a good speaking point, but uh, you know, it's not about the looks. It's about the results. Exactly. <laughs> hey, speaking of looks, though, your buddy Bernie, I keep seeing pictures of him at the beach all the time down in Florida, out on boats and sitting in lounges. What, what's going on with Bernie? Well, he got a new rod put in his back, so he's working better. <laughs> you know, okay. He was, I know you guys probably know, but he was in a car accident about, you know, a couple of years ago there. Yeah. And he's back together there. And, you know, he's, he's just a fun person. He loves to have fun. He loves to be around people. And, uh, you know, when we go to a lot of events and that, he's there. He's always here. He's got the rings. Touch the rings. Touch the rings. I said, Bernie, that's old. It's dead. They, don't, they weren't even born. Their parents weren't born. For crying out loud they played. So, but he's just a fun-loving guy. He, he, he takes life what comes to him, and, and he has fun, and he's a tremendous uh, part of our alumni association. And, and uh, he does. He spends his time between Ocean City and uh, down in Florida. He loves going down there. I don't know if he's got his boat down there or not because it requires gas to get down there. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, goodness. So, uh, Bob, one one last thing. Um, how they, how the Flyers going to finish this up? Are they, they, going, they got what it takes to make that. We know they can make that top four. Uh, can they get past Boston and get over that hump? Uh, Boston looks like it's going to be a pretty big challenge for them, um, you know. Pittsburgh's hot and cold. Washington's going to be hot and cold. Um, you know, I think they're still looking to find a piece to go back there. You know, another piece back in defense somewhere in there. But um, the only ones that can do it, you can you can look to the outside as much as you want. You can listen to people's opinions, but ultimately it's going to be whatever you go out and do on the ice and do as a team. And you know, they can't they can't separate. You got to jo join together. Times of things are going on. You got to be together. Work hard for each other sacrifice for each other, go to greasy areas for your team. Um, you know, I, I, we've got the horses to get there and get, get the job. How far we can really go, you know, who knows. All right. All right, Hal. We appreciate you coming by again, and uh, hopefully we <laughs> can do it again once we get uh, uh, get back in the arenas. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. Anything you ever need, just reach out to me and get back in the building. Come on down catch a game.
We'll do. You got it. Thanks, All right, Bob. Thanks, Appreciate Kyle. it. I right, see you. Take care. All right. Hey, Chet, let's give a shout-out to all our partners at the Edge of Philly Sports Network. Sounds like a plan. What do you got, Bill? Oh, let's check out the Broad Street Bully podcast. Drew, Jeff, and Doyle talking Flyers hockey. We have Bird's IQ every Monday, 7 p.m. with Kyle and Eric Quinn. They sure have a lot to talk about. Edge of Philly Sports Live, Joe, Freddie, and Big Al. They cover four for four and so much more Philly sports. Watch them live Wednesday nights, 9.30 p.m tonight eastern standard time and join tom kelly and the gang at the patterson avenue fanatic saturday mornings at 9 a.m they too talking all things philly sports you can check out all the shows at www.eopsports.com help us out by hitting those subscribe follow and like buttons and always share with your family and friends and don't forget to sign up for that weekly eop newsletter that arrives each friday by email chet they got a lot going on over there at eop yeah, they sure do, and uh, we're going to talk with our man Big Al in the next few days and find out what's going on for all of us uh, yeah. this spring and summer. Well, and I think as uh, as things start to open up, Al has a lot lot of things on his mind that uh, he's been thinking about for a year as we've been shut down and not been able to get out in, in the public. I think he's got a lot of things uh, ready to roll. Absolutely. Hey, one thing I didn't get to talk or ask uh, Scott Fransky about, because uh, they did cross paths. Riel Cormier died the other day, and he was a good pitcher, a pitcher, and from what I understand, just a great guy. Riel Cormier was just 53 years old, died of pancreatic cancer, and he spent six seasons with the Phillies. I think his last full year with the Phillies was Scott Fransky's first with the Phillies in 2006. And just from you know everything I've read, just by all accounts, a great guy. So rest in peace, Riel. Yeah, 16 years in the big leagues, too. I don't know that people really realize that. Uh, Jim Tomey said probably the best teammate he's ever played with. That's uh, yeah. that's high praise. And he's done some Phillies fantasy camp things, and everybody said he was great down there. So uh, well, I was very, I was very hard to, sorry to hear that news. Yep, absolutely. Hey, Chet, we reported the Eagles uh, owner has made a decision on a starting quarterback for this season. Jason Kelsey is re-signed with the Birds. That's good. Uh, I have a problem with one of them things, and uh, I'm not very happy with one of them. Well, you and me both. I mean, I think the fact that they're committing to Jalen Hurts is okay. You know, the fact that he's the guy to build around. We saw last year what happens when you draft a quarterback, when you already have a guy there as your quarterback, supposedly to be the guy. So I didn't want them to go out and draft a quarterback at six or if they trade down to 10 and draft another quarterback this year and put that in Hertz mind. So I like the fact that they're committing to Hertz, you know, see what he can do. But I think the problem is what you and I would agree on the fact that it's Jeffrey Lurie who's making that decision. He's the freaking team owner. He's got guys below him who are supposed to make those decisions. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I have certainly have no problem with Jalen Hurts. Ne- never did. Right. You know, I liked him out of out of college. Um, but Jalen Hurts, to me, at this point, has not earned a starting job. Uh, we didn't get enough sample of him to see in, in the right conditions to give him a job. So now here we are. We got a guy that really didn't play that well. We're saying, you're our guy. Well, how about a little open competition? How about we get people in here and let's – Let's fight for a job and let the best man win. I don't care who it is. Doesn't matter if it's Jalen Hurts. That's fine. But make him win the job. You can't just hand it to him. And, you know, maybe that means they're not picking a guy at at six. 
But what if they brought in uh, Alex Smith or what if they brought in uh, Fitzpatrick or, you know, somebody, some, I'm throwing names around, uh, somebody that does a better job than Jalen Hurts. Well, they need to be the guy. Yeah, and even if they decide that Hurts is going to be the guy, at least, you know, your number one for this year, it should not be Jeffrey Lurie getting involved in that decision. It's a Howie Roseman decision. Now we're hearing reports. You saw the article. You forwarded it to me. I saw it also that uh, Barrett Brooks said that Lurie's been meddling since the 90s, since the Ray Ray Rhodes era. And that's just bad. It's just bad for an owner to get involved in those day-to-day decisions. Supposedly, he was a guy who wanted J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, too. How'd that turn out? Yeah, well, and and Barrett Brooks said in that article, and we got to assume that it's true, he's quoted, uh, that that Jeffrey Lurie cut Jimmy Johnson, the the tight end, and tight Ray end, Rhodes yeah. didn't even know about it. Yeah. <laughs> he's walking, they're walking to practice, and Johnson's coming the other way, and Rhodes didn't even know he was cut. The player told him he was yeah. cut. Yeah, that's not good. So uh, when Lurie tells you, uh, us that he's just, you know, an observer and that's it, and, you know, he'll maybe occasionally talk with the guys, make a suggestion, but I don't know. It sounds like he's involved a little more than that, and that's not good. That's not good. Yeah, and, and you know, I don't I don't really like to do this to plug other, other articles and other things because I don't know that they're all true. But if you look it up on phillyvoice.com, is it Aiton, E-Y-T-A-N, Aiton Shander? Eton Shander, Eton Shander. Used he's to be the on one that wrote, yeah. yeah, he's the one that wrote that article, and uh, it's very interesting. People want to pull it up and take a look at it because there's a lot more detail that goes into this article. Um, you know, is is Roseman taking, taking the heat as Joe Banner did, and all this stuff is coming from Lori. Uh, these guys are the ones getting shot at. And maybe it's not them that's the problem. It's coming all the way from the top. And I don't think we thought that. I think we thought it was the general manager level. Yeah. And I mean, not that I I love everything that Roseman has done, but he's got to stand up and say, look, I'm the GM. I'm the guy making the decisions, not you. Maybe he's just, you know, doing whatever it takes to keep his job. And that's not good. Well, maybe that's not how the organization is set up, you know, and, and this article also questions, did Chip Kelly make the decisions about, uh, LaShawn McCoy and Deshaun Jackson. I mean, it, I mean, there's a lot of things that this thing kind of delves into. It doesn't give you the answer, but it raises some questions of things that have happened over the years that uh, are really interesting. But on a good note, Chet, Jason Kelsey's back in the fold. Kelsey's back in the fold. I'm a little surprised, frankly, given the, the state of the Eagles right now that he decided to come back and play for what I think is going to be a pretty bad team next year. Maybe they'll surprise us, but I mean, right now they're looking like a four or five win team. Yeah. Well, I think so too. The, but the, uh, it looks like there's so much restructuring going on. Maybe they are going to actually have some money to get rid of or to, to sign some people. Um, and, and I'm sure more are getting ready to go. What's it next? Uh, what's the day? This, 17th what's the day the league opens i think it's it is the 17th soon and, and there's going to be bodies all over the place there's people all over the league going to get whacked uh that are making yep. that are making a lot of money because the cap is going down instead of speaking of money how about dak prescott four oh. years 160 million dollars <laughs> and he has won one playoff game yeah. one which is yep. only one less than tony romo but he do one too Oh, man, unbelievable. You know, they, they didn't want to pay Dak before he got hurt. Now he gets hurt, he's getting paid more. 
Uh, yeah, that that that's an interesting situation because they have Cooper, they have Lawrence. Lawrence is actually their biggest cap hit before uh, before the Prescott deal, and they have Cooper, and they have the big lineman. Is it Martin? And then Elliot, uh, those five guys are taking up their whole cap. I don't know where to get the rest of their players. Tell us about the Raz room, Bill. Well, let me tell you about the Raz room. <sighs> PPCC 118 Raz room posts great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. Continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They have 11 line rises, mystery boxes, and now a memorabilia shop. Check out their Facebook pages. Like them or follow them. It's PPCC 118 Razroom and PPCC 118 Razroom Shop on Facebook. We have a parting shot for you to Oh, well, heck, who's coming to the show first? Who we got next week? I'm missing uh, that. Well, you know, I didn't even write that down because I just finalized that uh, today. And remember I asked you if we could shift our show to Tuesday? That's why. We are going to do our show next Tuesday, which is the 16th, because we're all going to go out and have a wild St. Patrick's Day on the 17th. Uh, maybe not. Uh, on the 16th, though, Bill, we are going to be joined Tuesday night by our old pal, Boop, Bob Vitrone Jr., to talk us all about, tell us all about the 64-team uh, NCAA tournament, 68 teams, really. And uh, he'll, he'll tell us how we can make lots of money and pick all the right teams. Well, there you go. Uh, it won't be Duke. It will not be Duke. And, hey, congratulations to Jay Wright, a finalist for the Basketball Hall of Fame. How about that? Yeah, well. Just came out I, today. I'm, I didn't know that, that it came out yet. But uh, I'm not surprised. Certainly deserving. And, uh, heck, he's got another 20 years he can coach. Yeah, yeah. Doing All well. right. Uh, parting shot for you? Parting shot, indeed, Bill. Uh, as you are aware, this past Monday marked the 50th anniversary of one of the most memorable fights in our lifetime. Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali duking it out for the first of their three heavyweight battles. They called it the fight of the century, Bill, and it didn't disappoint. It was two of the, the, the two best-known heavyweights of the time, both undefeated, each guaranteed $2.5 million, which was an incredible purse for that time, all of it taking place in the mecca of boxing, Madison Square Garden. Packed house, real good fight, and, of course, Frazier knocking Ali down in the 15th round. We all remember what happened there. Uh, tassels on Ali's shoes flying over his head. Now, Ali, of course, did get up, but... Just in case there was any doubt, that pretty much ended it. Smoke and Joe clearly won the fight in a unanimous decision. Now, Ali did win the next two times that they fought, but I got to tell you, Bill, I miss that era of boxing. Real heavyweights. We knew them all. We knew their names. We enjoyed watching it. Today, I couldn't even tell you who the current champ is. Man, Muhammad Ali and Smoke and Joe, thank you for the memories. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I posted that the other day, I, yep. and it is one of the top sporting events of my lifetime uh, i can remember being a little kid uh, well, i get a little what was 13 but i can remember laying in bed with the radio and they would give you round by round yep. updates i did the same you know, thing uh, of who was who was winning and then i guess they showed it uh what a couple weeks later <laughs> yeah they actually showed it on wide world of sports or something exactly. like that exactly and man what what a rumble what a rumble I, i've watched that again recently actually it's on youtube you can watch the whole thing it was on uh, sunday on abc yeah yeah, and it's uh man, what a fight. What a what a battle. And uh two two guys that that got after it, that's for sure. 
Hey, Bill, one thing I forgot to mention, it was it's pretty much the one year anniversary of when COVID started because uh, we were down in Florida, as we mentioned. You may remember that we got together and took a picture right here, you and me down at spring training. The game got canceled that we were going to go to together on the 13th. But we had a nice time. Nonetheless, a whole bunch of us got together that Saturday, March 14th uh, with Aunt Donna. And yep. Johnny Bones and the gang, and and Dave Moyer from Allstate Insurance. Yep. Did I get his name right? Lavoy, Dave Lavoy, Dave Lavoy. Who's Dave Moyer? Yeah, Dave Lavoy. I said Dave Moyer. Yeah, good time. And that was just one year ago this week. So I don't know if we can say happy anniversary, but that's what happened a year ago. I even wore my shirt to celebrate. I knew you were <laughs> going to show that picture. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, what a crazy year it's been, and. Uh, you know what? We're, there's a possibility we're maybe going to sneak back over there and uh, maybe catch ah, a game. Try, try okay. to maybe sneak over there for that St. Patrick's Day, but uh, okay. we'll see. Well, Bill, I know you want to uh, wrap it up to watch the Masked Singer season premiere soon, so let's wrap it up. I, I thought you were going to give us a little <laughs> dissertation on that something with Oprah, somebody interviewing. Uh, we ran out of time, Bill. We ran out of time. Sorry. Uh, okay. Because <laughs> I'm sure you know people want to hear that yeah like just wrap it up <laughs> all right <laughs> let's thank tonight's special guests scott fransky and bob kelly our sponsors the irish rover station house bob sullivan's like your age.com ppcc 118 raz room and dave lavoy of all state insurance in westchester for jim chachesco this is bill Furman. we hope you enjoyed the show we'll join philly press box radio next tuesday Tuesday fifteenth at 7 p.m. for show number 331, Chet. <laughs> you can see us live on Facebook or listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com, slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. High hopes, Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.